Praise be to God. Church, want to remind you, if, in case you don't know, that next Sunday we are beginning our 21 days of prayer and fasting. So would you unite together with me starting next Sunday for 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I'm believing that during that period of consecration that God is going to visit us, God's going to move in a mighty way. Can someone say amen for that? Amen. God's going to work in a powerful way. We're going to start this year off right, seeking the face of God. Amen. Remember what Jesus said, to seek first the kingdom of God. Amen. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. He said, and all these things will be added unto you. So everything that you're expecting God, believing God to do for this coming year, amen, we got to seek his kingdom first. Some would say first. And in that spirit, I'm going to invite you, if you can join me in the gospel according to Luke chapter 2. Gospel, Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 42. And as you're preparing there, as you'll see it on the screen, or going there in your Bible, amen, uh, I want to preface this by saying that every few years, the Holy Ghost uh, leads me to this passage. I have preached from this passage before, and um, it's one of my favorite sermons to preach. It's... Um, you know, there are sermons and there are messages and then there are like these lifetime messages that um, God, that once he speaks to me, he, he kind of brings me back to these places like a, like a landmark every once in a while. And as I was seeking the Lord um, in preparation for the service, he brought me back to this landmark in scripture. And maybe you've heard me preach it before, but I pray today that you will hear it with, with new ears because... Um, there's always something new and fresh that God wants to speak. But the word says this, And when he was 12 years old, he went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. My message today is this. Don't forget Jesus. Some would say, don't forget Jesus. Don't forget Jesus. Church, as we enter into a new year, we better make sure that Jesus is with us. We better make sure that Jesus is with us. Why don't we pray? Father, I thank you for your spirit, your presence that fills this place today, God. For this is the day that you have made. We have gathered today not in vain, but to lift up your name, to meet with you, God, for this occasion. And we know that you have a word for us, God. And I pray, God, that you would anoint the ears and the hearts of every hearer in this place, that they could receive this word, that this seed would fall on good ground. And I pray also that you would anoint my lips of clay, God. Fill me, Lord, with a fresh word in my mouth with fresh revelation, God, with a new anointing. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, have your way. We take dominion, God, over every contrary spirit to the Spirit of God, and we take authority. We cast it out now in the name of Jesus. It has no place here, God. We cast out unbelief, doubt, confusion, and we release clarity, wisdom, and understanding in this place right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everyone say amen. Amen. You may be seated in God's presence. 
Allow me to set the backdrop to the story. At the time of this incident, Mary and Joseph have taken their 12-year-old son Jesus to, to Jerusalem for the Passover. Every male Jew living within a reasonable distance was expected, required even so, to come to Jerusalem for this holy holiday. Mary and Joseph, being devout Jews as they were, gathered their family together, friends, their caravan, and they went from Nazareth, making that long upward journey to Jerusalem to participate uh, and partake of the Passover festivities. And, and as they were going, I would imagine that there was much anticipation, much excitement, uh, and, and much reverence to this um, uh, holy affair that they were about to uh, embark upon. When the Passover had ended and everything had uh, come to a conclusion, uh, people were saying their goodbyes. This was like a, a one grand uh, major event, the, the most important event throughout the year where all the believers came together. Um, it was like, if I could put it this way, one big uh, gathering, one, one big convention, if you want to look at it like that, where, where all the, the saints had come and descended upon the, the city of Jerusalem. So you can imagine there was a, a lot of hustle and bustle and, uh, and, and people just, you know, crossing paths and hugging each other. And, uh, you know, there's no social media back then, so they hadn't seen each other for a long time. And there's, uh, there's greeting, there's tears, there's fellowship, there's breaking of bread. And it's all spiritual and it's all great. Uh, and after this time of, uh, had come to an end, Mary and Joseph, they began to gather their things and started to head home. They started to pack their bags and, and, and begin to gather uh, with their uh, caravan, their company, and started to make that journey back to Nazareth. And that's exactly what they did. And they began to uh, walk. Uh, this uh, many road, this many miles back to to Nazareth, and they were traveling for hours and hours. And as they were traveling, as they were walking along this this caravan of people, um, at some point in in the journey, I, I don't know how how, how much uh, distance had had passed, how much time had passed, but at some point in their journey, they had gone some 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 time, and. Uh, uh, something didn't quite feel right, and, and, and possibly Mary uh, looked over to Joseph and, and said, um, you know, honey, uh, have you seen Jesus anywhere? And uh, I imagine at that time, Joseph uh, looked over to her and kind of raised his eyebrow and like, well, you know, what do you mean, have I seen him? You know, have you seen him? I don't know where he's at. And, and at that moment, uh, you know, husband and wife, mother and father looked at each other and, and probably they felt like the bottom fell out from under them. Uh, and something, you know, a sinking feeling came upon them as they realized that uh, neither one of them uh, knew where Jesus was. Now, every parent in this place today uh, believes and, and, and loves our children, and, and they're all important, right? All of our children are important. Can the parents say amen? Amen. All of our children are important. I think my children are important. But, but can I just tell you that, that this child here was just a little more important? If there's one child you don't want to lose sight of, if there's one kid you, know, you don't want to take your eyes off of, it's Jesus. How many of you would agree with that? Amen. You know, it's, it's got to be Jesus, you know. And, um, and so, uh, but somehow, somehow, in, in the process and the hustle and bustle of life, 
um, they, they thought that he was with them, but they realized that they had lost Jesus. And a sense of panic began to grow over a three-day period as they started to retrace their steps to find where Jesus might be. And they searched high and low, and they started asking around. And, and, and what this story does for me, it, it reminds me, and it should remind all of us today, of how easy it is to lose sight of Jesus. And the question before us today is this. If Mary, the mother of Jesus, no one was closer to Jesus than Mary both then and now. There's nobody here today that can ever say you're closer to Jesus than Mary was because she was close to him both spiritually and physically. She was his mother after all. And if Mary could lose sight of Jesus, then the question before us today is, who am I? Nobody was closer. I'm sorry, you're not closer to Jesus than Mary was. And if Mary could lose sight of Jesus, how much more us? Mary lost sight of him and Joseph, by the way. And in the process of them going through life, I mean, they were at this great spirit. You could be even at a spiritual high in your life. You could be at a moment where you're, you're all wrapped up into the things of God. You're all wrapped up into the, into, into the church world. And, and still, because when you look at this story, what's fascinating to me is that Mary lost Jesus in the very last place you'd expect her to lose him. She lost him at the temple. She lost him at the temple. She had Jesus inside the church. She had Jesus there within the temple, and she lost him on the way home. She had Jesus there in the temple, in the tabernacle, and she lost him on the way home. And likewise, many people know and feel Jesus in the temple, but they lose him on the way home. And this ought to be a cautionary tale for us. This ought to be a wake-up call for us. As we think about every place that we want to go in 2024, as we think about every, every, uh, every blessing, every promise that we hope to experience, as we think about all of the, the paths that we are hoping to take and the, and the prosperity and the blessings and the goodness of God and the land of the living, all of the things that we are hoping to experience into the future should the Lord tarry. All the places that we want to go and the things that we want to do and the experiences that we want to have and the adventures that we want to go on and the exploits that we want to accomplish. Oh, I'm talking about every good thing that we are hoping to experience and hoping to take with us into the future and to hoping to apprehend in this coming new year. We just better make sure that all of our getting, that we don't forget to have Jesus with us and that we don't lose sight of what it's really all about. Can I tell somebody today, it's all about Jesus. Turn to somebody, tell them, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. If we do everything but we lose sight of Jesus, what progress are we really making? So what if we accomplish a great career? So what if we build a, a house on the hill? So what if we have this and we do that? If we don't have Jesus, what's the point of it all? What's the point of it all? What's the point uh, of growing? What's the point uh, of doing and going here and there if we don't have? What's the point of having a rocking church and having this thing and that thing if Jesus is not in the midst of everything that we are doing? We cannot afford to take one step in this life and not have Jesus with us. 
And Jesus somehow was lost sight of. And somehow I have seen throughout our life that if we are not careful, if we're not vigilant, if we're not, if we don't fix our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith, if we don't stay concentrated on him, we can lose him in the most unexpected places. We can lose him right here. You know, you can lose him right here. People think that you have to go out into the world to backslide. No, people can backslide right on the pew. Uh, you don't want to believe, you don't want to believe it, but, but you can backslide right on the pew and you can lose out with God right on the pew. You can be right in the midst of a service like we're having today where the spirit of God is moving and the presence of God is moving and God is healing and God is, you know, the, 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 the spirit of Jesus is literally in this place, but we've got our eyes over here and we're looking at what that person's wearing and we're looking at what time it is and we're looking at what the score is and we're looking at, you know, everything else and we're looking at this and we're looking and you could miss Jesus I have made up in my mind I don't want to have one service where I miss Jesus I don't want to have one opportunity where I miss Jesus I want every moment that I have with him to matter would you clap your hands and give the Lord Jesus Christ a round of applause today hallelujah but here's the point of it all is that you can lose him and not know it Mary went a whole day before she realized that Jesus wasn't there. It's possible to lose sight of Jesus and not even know it. To just kind of go through life and just sort of assume that he's with you. It's possible to lose sight of Jesus. In all fairness, let's, 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 let's treat Mary with fairness. She's not a villain. I'm not here to make Mary a bad person at all. She wasn't trying to lose him. She wasn't playing hide and seek, you know. This wasn't a game. But verse 44 reveals the nature of her problem. It says, but supposing him to have been in the company, she went a day's journey. The problem that Mary had was one that many have today is that she supposed Jesus to be there. She just assumed that he would be there. Mary and Joseph simply let their guards down and they took the presence of Jesus for granted. They just assumed that because, watch this, because I've been in this all my life, I got this thing on lockdown. There's some people, they can't learn nothing new because they've heard it all already. You don't know anybody like that. You can't tell them nothing they haven't heard. You, they can't be in a service they've never been in before. They seem to have it all figured out. And those are the ones who are in most danger of losing Jesus. Because we can get to a place where we, where, where we assume that we have it all figured out. We assume what we know is this is going to happen at this point. This is going to happen. We have the whole service all figured out. We know when the pastor, this is when Pastor Jacob is going to say this. Some of you got me figured out. Maybe I'll throw you a curveball today, huh? <laughs> and we have everything figured out. And I've come to realize that that is when we are at most danger. It's not the new ones. The new ones, the, the, the new converts, uh, they're the ones that have got their eyes on Jesus. They're, they're just, a, they're, 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 they're just uh, they're fixated on him. It's those of us that have been in this for a little while. We are the ones that can get comfortable. We are the ones that can just start to coast. Hey? We start to coast, uh, and we don't have the Holy Ghost, we have the Holy Coast. 
We're coasting. We're coasting. And we're singing the songs because we know the lyrics. And we're going through the motions. And we know when to clap. And we know when to shout. And, we, and those are the ones. And I'm putting myself in that same group that if we're not careful, we can lose sight of where Jesus is and think we know what he's about to do. And God said, no, you don't know what I'm about to do. I might do something that you're not expecting. So you better be in prayer. And you better be seeking me. And you better be hearing me. And you better be worshiping me because I might. I do something that you have never seen before. Is there somebody? Come on, I wish somebody. Is there anybody here today that is going to preach with me? Is there somebody here today that says, God, I want to see what I've never seen before? I don't know about you, but I don't want to see a repeat of 2023 or 2024. How many of you want new blessings, huh? How many of you want to see new victories? I don't want to just hit a repeat of what God did last year. I'm believing God for greater things. But if I'm going to see greater things, then I've got to be right there with Jesus. I need Jesus to be with me every step of the way, lest I just do things on memory. Lest I just do. You know what happens? You can lose him and not know it like Samson. Samson thought he had the anointing, just like a lot of people. Just because God used you last year, big deal. What about this year? Samson rose up and he said, I'm going I'm to beat these fools up like I did. Sorry, that's just, uh, uh, I got to watch my language here. I'm going to beat these bad guys up like I did last year because I did it before. And you know what he found out? His power was gone because he got too comfortable and he let Delilah cut his hair. Hey, you better make sure your head is not in Delilah's lap, brother. And you got to get into the spirit of God and make sure that when you go, oh, come on, somebody better come on now and make sure that the spirit of Jesus is with you. Come on, give God the praise today. Oh, hallelujah. I can't live off yesterday's power. I can't live off yesterday's anointing. I can't live off yesterday's experience. I need a new touch from God. I oh, my God. Behold, I'm about to do a new thing, the Lord says. Is there somebody today that can give God a praise if you're believing for a new thing? Come on, give him about 30 seconds of praise right now. Oh, my God. I believe him for something new. Come on and worship him. Come on and praise him today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, And you know what happens is we get so predictable. We get so predictable. It's like we do the most predictable things. And, and, and I'm not against routine. Routines are good. Discipline's good. I'm for all of that. But sometimes we can get so routine and so we just get predictable. And then God can't move. And, and, and you, what starts to happen is that, you know what we start doing? We start moving where God isn't. I wonder, see, that's when we get into trouble. We start moving into places where God isn't. And we start moving without him. We start making decisions without Jesus. We start getting into relationships without Jesus. We start, oh, we just, we start taking jobs without Jesus. And like Mary and Joseph, they just start moving through their life and Jesus is not with them. But they're supposing that he's there. Suppose that. I just suppose he's with me. I just suppose that we get comfortable. We get comfortable around, around the people of God. We just, there's like, you know, there's this kind of safety that we feel. Like, well, as long as I'm going to church and as long as I've got good friends around me, then, then he must be with me. But is he with you? 
And there are three prevalent attitudes that can take our focus off Jesus. And I'm going to try to breeze through these uh, because every one of them is like a message in of themselves. But but there are three basic attitudes. And the first is entitlement. The second is self-righteousness. And third is just plain old neglect. These are attitudes that can take our focus off Jesus. The attitude of entitlement is one I think I've kind of been preaching about already, where we just assume that because, you know, uh, we know the right things or we, we believe the right things or we've been in this for so long that it's just, you know, we, we got this thing figured out, that, 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 that God's just going to show up just because. Because we have the right beliefs, we have the right doctrine, and those things are true. But you know what? I've been to a lot of places that have the, and I say this with all due respect, but you know, they, 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 they looked apart, they, they, you know, they got apostolic on the church sign, but, but it, there's, there's no life inside the church. Just because we're, we're apostolic and just because we, we may have our right doctrine and we believe the right things, praise be to God. But you know that there are also dead apostolic churches? Maybe you haven't been to one in a while, huh? I'll, 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 no, I'm not going to say. I'll, I'll tell you where they're at. No, I'm just kidding. I would never do that. But I've been, I've been to a lot of churches. I have preached throughout the, throughout the country. I think I've been in almost every district. I'm not saying this to boast. Just to, in the last 10 years, I have probably preached in almost every district throughout this, throughout this country. And I can tell you that just because a, a church says they're apostolic doesn't mean that Jesus is there. Because there's no miracles, there's no power, there's no manifestation. I mean, it's just dead. God forbid that ever happened here. And if we're not careful, it can happen here if we take our eyes off of Jesus. Hallelujah, somebody. I don't want that to happen here. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. That's not going to happen here. Hallelujah. But we need the anointing of God. We need the power of God. We need the love of God in this place. And it's going to happen when we keep our eyes on Jesus. The second attitude is self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. And this is a, uh, this is a big one because, uh, or, or spiritual pride disguised as holiness. There's a big difference between holiness and self-righteousness. And, and when, you, when, you, when you have a relationship with God and, and you're discerning, you can, you can tell the difference between the two. You can tell the difference because one is self-glorifying and another is God-glorifying. One, one uh, seeks to uh, build themselves up and other seeks to build up God. And, and, and some people think that, for instance, that uh, let's just say because they speak in tongues uh, or they speak in a lot of tongues, that, that their tongues is a sign of Christ-like character. You can speak in tongues like a motorboat and be hateful and have no fruit of the Spirit in your life. I'm not impressed with tongues. We all need to speak in tongues, but tongues is not an automatic sign that Jesus is with you. You know what the sign is? Everyone say, fruit. That's the sign that Jesus is actually, that you're walking with Jesus. Amen, somebody. It's getting kind of hot in here. Hallelujah. You can speak in tongues and be arrogant. And the Bible says that God resists. How could God be with you if you're proudful and arrogant? He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's self-righteousness or unkind. People have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. I'm reminded of what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and or of angels, but do not have love. Everyone say love. love. I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. 
If I, if I do all these spiritual things, but I don't have love, in other words, if I don't have God, if the spirit of Jesus is not with me, then what's the point of it all? I can speak in tongues. I can prophesy. I can, I can interpret. I can do all of these things. God can even use me in a mighty way, but that doesn't guarantee that Jesus is with me. We can have spiritual activity. We can drop a great plan. We can say this is what we're going to do, but if Jesus is not with me, then I'm not really making any progress at all but if Jesus is with me then one inch uh, one inch with Jesus is further than one mile without him let me say that again one inch with Jesus is further than a mile in the flesh I'd rather go one inch with the spirit than a mile in my carnality because then I know that I'm making progress with God come on and put your hands together I feel something in my spirit today. Number three is neglect. You can put up the three that I, I, I mentioned. The third is neglect. And this happens just, just as we get too comfortable. We start taking our focus off Jesus. And, and, and we just get preoccupied. We get too busy with life. And, oh, I'm going to get to it uh, when I get some time. And, you know, when, as soon as I get this in order, and, and then I'll do it. And, and then I'll go like one of those disciples that Jesus called and said, you know, you know well, first let me go take care of this. And, and let me go bury uh, my family members. And there's always something. We just get preoccupied. We get too busy. And we just start to neglect the altars in our life. We start to neglect our prayer life. We start to neglect the things of God. And we start to borrow from yesterday's fire, borrow from the past, borrow from what God did. And we're just, we're just living, we're, we're living in the past. But God wants to do something new. And so we can't be neglectful of the things of God. Paul told Timothy, I remind you to stir up the gift of God that is within you. Don't neglect your spiritual gift, my friend. Don't neglect, tend to it. And if the fire has gone out, then rekindle the flame of the spirit. Rekindle the spirit of Jesus in your life. Get back to the heart of worship. Get back to the altar. Get back to consecration. Come on, somebody. Get back to your gift. Get back to your ministry. If you took 2023 off, it's time to get back on into 2024 and say, I'm going to give double of what I gave last year. I'm going to do more for God. Is there anybody here today that wants to do more for God in this coming year than you did last year? Amen, somebody. I said, is there anybody that wants to do more for God this coming year than last year? Can you say amen? amen. I want to go further than where I went last year. But it's only going to happen if Jesus is with me. And we cannot sit back and neglect. And we cannot sit back and say, well, you know, uh, I do a lot of things. So that, 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 that counts. No. Lest we be like the church of Ephesus. You read in the opening chapters of Revelation where the spirit writes to the seven churches. And one of them was the church of Ephesus. And they had it all together. They, 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 they were, he said, I know your works. Your works are great. Man, you, you're, you're, you're well organized. You're well executed. You do everything with excellence. But but the problem is, uh, with all of your excellence, with all your execution and operation, you're a well, finely tuned machine, well-oiled machine. The problem is, there's no love. And so he said, go back to your first. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. You forgot about Jesus. You got so caught up in the, in the work of God that you forgot about the God of the work. You got so caught up in the things of God that you forgot the God of the things. 
You got so caught up in the gifts of God that you forgot the God of the gifts. I'm not seeking the gifts. I'm seeking the giver of the gifts. Oh, I'm not seeking blessings, brother. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I feel the anointing. I'm almost, a, I feel the anointing today. I'm not seeking blessing. Oh, you're just a blessing preacher. No, I'm not seeking blessing. I'm seeking the blesser. Oh, I'm seeking the giver. I'm seeking Jesus. I want more of God. Hallelujah. Somebody just worship him right now for a few moments. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want more of God. I want more of his spirit. I don't want to forget about him. I don't want to get so caught up in life because this coming year, with this year, is going to be a lot of opportunities. Some of you, there's going to be so many. Not every door is a God door. Not every good opportunity is a God opportunity. Come on now. Not every good thing is a God thing. And you got to make sure that Jesus is in it. Because if Jesus ain't in it, I don't want it. Whew, hallelujah, God. I'm saying this to myself. I'm saying, I don't want to preach if Jesus ain't in it. Every message I preach, I dedicate this pulpit to God. Every time I step back, Jesus, it's got to be about Jesus. Can't be about me. Can't be about what I've done. Can't be about who I am. It's got to be about Jesus. And you know, if you're struggling to find him, you say, well, I... I, I I realize that maybe I've been I've been going on memory. I've been going supposing that he's with me. Here's what I'll tell you. If you're trying to find him, you'll find him right where you left him. Right where you left him. Moses, or not Moses, but 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 Noah. No, not Noah. Man, I'm all over the place today. Hallelujah. That's all right. Hallelujah. Once Mary and Joseph realized that Jesus was missing. They began to search for him, and, and they began to realize that, 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 that they, you know how much, how much humble pie they had to eat? Like, how do you explain to your friends that? How do you tell them? Like, how do you even tell the story again that you lost them? You did what? What kind of parent are you? Huh? I mean, they probably wanted to call CPS on them, come and take your child from you. Huh? You did what? Imagine. And so there's some humility and there's some there's some steps of, uh, of humility that they had to take. And this is a humble journey as you're going back to finding Jesus and their search reveals what we tend to do. And they started looking all they started looking among their friends and their family, among their relatives. And, and then they realized that Jesus isn't there. Jesus is not there. He, he, he's not there. And sometimes that's, you know, we, we, you know, we're trying to feel around. Well, where is he? Where'd I, where'd I leave him? Where's the fire? Where's, and, and they started looking around their friends and family, and, and he wasn't there. And, and, and then they kept searching, and then they kept going until they, the Bible says in verse 45, so when they didn't find him among friends and family, they, they went to, to Jerusalem seeking him. And, 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 and still they couldn't find him. Can you imagine the sense of panic that, that came over them? Man, he's not with our, he's not with our family and our friends. He, he's not in Jerusalem. We, 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 we've knocked on every door. We, we went to the marketplace. We thought maybe he might be there. The public square, he, where is he? The last place they thought to look was the place where he was. The keyboardist can come on up. The last place we, they, they thought would be 
You know why? Because I think that somewhere in the back of their mind, they didn't want to believe that they actually left him there. I think in the back of their minds, they didn't even want to go there. Like, there's no way we left him at church. There's no way we left him at church. That happened to me one time, by the way. My dad's a good storyteller. He'll never tell the story about the time they actually forgot me. And the the lights were off and everything. It was a terrifying experience. But they didn't actually go all the way home. They were just making their way out, and they realized they went back in. And I was there. I was asleep in the pew, you know. And there I was, and they got me, you know. They left them there in the house of God. And oftentimes, that's where we leave them. You say, well, I left them at church. I left them at 1425 South Springer Road in Mount Spino. I don't mean you left them in this physical place. I mean you left them in a place of his business. Because when they got there, this is what happened. Verse 46, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teacher's both listening to them and asking questions. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's right there. And they were upset. They're saying, Jesus, why did you do this to us? (laughs) They actually tried to blame him. Why did you leave us like this? We were worried. We're worrying ourselves sick about where you were, Jesus. We were worried. We were anxious. We were distraught. We were crying. We didn't know where you were. And that's how it feels when you can't find that thing that you're looking for. You're worried. That's when anxiety shows up. That's when depression shows up. That's when fear shows up. And they were afraid and they were worried. And finally they see that Jesus was right where they left him. And his response to them was this. Why did you seek me? In verse 49. Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? If you want to find him today, I'll tell you where he is. It's not that he is in this physical place, though he is. If you really want to find where Jesus is, you'll find him when you get back to seeking his business. Seek first the kingdom. When you get back to seeking the kingdom with all of your heart, when you get back to seeking his purpose and his will, and you get back to his business, I'm not talking about just doing religious things. I'm not talking about just going through the motion. I'm not talking about just going to, going to church uh, because you can go to church and still lose him. I'm talking about making the presence of God and the purpose of God the number one priority of your life again. 
and saying, God, I want you more than anything else. And if you make that commitment today, you will find him where you left him. Let me give you some examples. If you're not exactly sure what I'm talking about, you'll find him when you repent of your sins. You'll find him when you let go of that anger. You'll find him when you come back to obedience, back to submission, back, oh, hallelujah, to prayer, back to believing again, back to forgiveness. Would you stand with me here today at this hour? Thank you, God. So the Lord began to speak to me, and he brought me back to this passage. He brought me back to this point because there's somebody here today under the sound of my voice. There's somebody here today that needs this reminder. You need this wake-up call. You need to know that as we move forward, we cannot forget Jesus. Cannot forget him. And some are in danger today of stepping into a new year and Jesus is not with you. You're on the verge of repeating some mistakes that you've made in the past. You're on the verge of recycling the same things again. You're on the verge of going without him. So if that's you, you need to get him back. And there might be somebody today supposing that he's with you. Because you believe the right things, you attend the right church, baptized in the right name and all those things are essential in the end you could still lose it because if you are not affected by the presence of God in a service if it doesn't do something if it doesn't do something to you if it doesn't cause your hands to go up if it doesn't cause worship to come out then you need to get him back today if you've got ministries that you've been putting on hold, uh, hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. If you've got things that God, if you're calling, if you put your calling on hold, if you put your ministry on hold, if you put, if you've put things that God, if you've put obedience on hold, then this is your moment. This is your opportunity. This is the last service you're going to have this year to say, God, I want it back. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Could you close your eyes just for a moment right now as I continue to minister in the Spirit? I feel God. I feel the Holy Ghost ministering to somebody right now. I feel the Spirit of God touching and tugging on somebody today. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. And let us not, oh, hallelujah, let us not uh, uh, think high, more highly of ourselves than we ought to, to just assume that He's with us. Just to say, well... This message wasn't for me because Jesus, is he really? Oh, what would it hurt you today? What, what, what would really hurt you today to just look over your heart and your life? What would it hurt you to draw closer to him and say, even if I've got him, I'm going to hold him tighter today than I did yesterday. Oh, 
oh my God, even if God is with me, I'm going to draw closer. God said, if you draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. Draw nigh unto me, and I'll draw nigh unto you. Oh, I don't ever want to get to a place where I'm satisfied. I don't ever want to get to a place where I'm content with where I've been. I don't ever want to get to a place where I said I've had enough of God. No, I want more of Him. Is there somebody in this place right now that says I want more of God? Is there somebody in this place today that says as I go into this new year, as I go into this new season, as I go into this next step, I gotta make sure that God is with me right there where you are. I wonder if there's somebody right now that can begin to call on Jesus. If there's somebody here in this place that can begin to call on God. Oh my God. I think about Mary and Joseph as they were walking through the city of Jerusalem. I guarantee they weren't just whispering, Jesus, are you there? Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh God, I bet that they were calling out, Jesus. Oh, where are you, God? I need you. And so if you really want him, you're going to have to let him know today. God, I want you, Lord. Lord. Come on, is there anybody hungry today? Is there anybody thirsty today? Is there somebody that just wants to get a hold of God right now? Come on. Hallelujah.